Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. I've got some numbers for you on the Bears defense in a few minutes. Impressive stuff. Maybe that uh, has convinced Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren and George McCaskey to bring the coach back for a third year. We're back. Welcome back. Live in the State Street Studios. Watch us on YouTube. Watch us on Twitch every day. Happy New Year. It's 2024. Waddle and Sylvia up in an hour. We'll cross-talk with the guys then. And it's going to be Jesse in for Waddle today. It's Jesse and Sylvie. Uh, 6 to 7.45 tonight. we got Tyler and Adam Abdallah. And then at 7.45, it's College Hoops Northwestern at Illinois. 312-332-3776 if you want to ring us up. Real quick before I get to those numbers, Yerk was looking at the draft board. You know, Arizona and the Bears have multiple first-round picks because of trades they made last year. And Yerko said, the thing I would want if you're going to trade that top pick is Arizona's 4-17. and 17. Now, I don't know that Arizona's going to one for a quarterback. Do they? Are they keeping Kyler? Are they, they've signed him to that deal? I don't know. Maybe they are. Yerko said, check real quick. Does one... Does four and seventeen add up to one in the draft value right. chart? And so one is worth one is worth three thousand points. Right, four and seventeen combined are worth twenty seven fifty. Oh, so it's close. It's close. So the question would then come down the pipeline: Would you trade it for four and next year's number one, mm. and maybe a second this year? So what's the thirty fifth gonna but that's gonna way be that's gonna be a lot more value, isn't it? Well, I mean, what's the difference? Two ones, it's not there anyway. Yeah. Well, what's the thirty fifth pick in the draft worth? The thirty fifth pick of the draft is worth five hundred and fifty. Okay, points. it'd be too much. The sixty sixth pick. The sixty sixth pick, Yerk, is worth two hundred and sixty points. Boom. That's your trade then. So you would do I could either do uh the first round pick to Arizona for four and seventeen this year and sixty six. Or the fourth pick, next year's number one pick, and a third rounder this year. Yeah, there you go. And then you hope it's not worse than the 17th pick this year. Do you think these teams look at these values and they, they follow it, Eric? Absolutely. Totally? Absolutely. Even all these what years later? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you think they've adjusted it a little? Like They may have them? because um, having cost control is a little bit more important now. Don't they have to consider that not all number one picks are created equal, though? Like. Who is the guy from the Jaguars drafted a few years ago, the pass rusher? That's probably not as valuable Trevor as... Trevor Walker. Yeah, that's pro- that number one pick probably isn't as valuable as the year they got Trevor Lawrence, right? Well, that's why they've got a different amount of points per the position that he's taken. Well, he's saying the, the number one overall. It's like we're 3,000, but they're not... Is that what you're saying, Charlie? That yeah. number one yeah, overall like, picks no, no, are not the all position, created equal? The position is the position. I just mean the pick, Before though. anybody gets t- taken, though. You know what I'm saying? The position is the position before anybody gets taken. Right. You don't know who's going to slot into what areas. They're assigned a point assignment for where they're at. And if you were going to trade draft choices for draft choices, you've got them. Are they equal? Yeah. I mean, Kevin White at number seven obviously is not equal right. to other guys that have been drafted at number number seven. I'm really saying if, if you know who's at the top of the draft, though, that pick probably isn't equal year to year. Well, no, but if, if like if Courtney gotta, Brown is Courtney Brown's equal, but it, I, I, but you got to take that out of it. I, you, no, I take it out of it because you know it's going to be a quarterback. 
Yeah. You know this year's this year first round draft choice is going to be a quarterback and there's no gray area. It's not going to be Courtney Brown. Right. It's not going to be an offensive lineman. You know what I'm saying? It's just like a baseline to work right. off of so you have some idea. Right. That's all it is. What, what these I think are Charlie's value. trying to say is like Caleb Williams is infinitely more valuable than Bryce Young. But that's what we've. So well, like, and so well, the no, 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 no. That's what it said in the no. article. The, the execs are looking at the all you got. It's for it's, the whole right. you could. I, get. I see no. what you're saying. No, I, I disagree. Though it's it's independent because they wanted C.J. Stroud also, but the Dave Tepper or whatever the hell his name is that's throwing water on fans is the guy that overrode everybody and went with Bryce Young. If you'd have got C.J. Stroud, you would have looked back and said, hey, look, that's for C.J. Stroud. Oh, that was probably one hell of a deal. You'd get something similar. But because it was Bryce Young, it's different. I don't buy that. I that's don't think why, all these variables go into it. That's why you yeah. go by you kind go of by, a yes. more uniform system. Yes. Not with who might be taken or who might not be taken. Because, quite frankly, Caleb Williams has uh, as big of a bus factor as anybody coming up. Like, this is just a way to at least give you some sort of a guide. You're never going to know. Is Patrick Mahomes worth more than the the thirteen hundred points at the tenth pick? Of course he is, but it, you, you like we can't know these things not beforehand, right? So like it just and you can't you retroactively least... go back and say, look how valuable that would have been. Yeah, this last year's second pick was much more valuable than the first pick. I think but what Yurko's point is being taken, you don't know. And Yurko's point is, and I think he's right. Anybody that they're negotiating with, like if. They try to come back. Like, they're not going to come back at the Bears. Like, the Bears aren't going to say to them, well, this is worth a lot more than last year's number one. Those other teams will be like, no, it's not. The only way it becomes yes. more valuable to the Bears is if you have a bunch of teams yes. angling to get up the there. The number one pick. And they can pry away more because a team gets right. overly desperate. But if, no team's going to want right. to hear from the Bears, well, this pick is worth more than last year's. They're going to say, no, no it's worth the same 3,000 points. If you're negotiating with three teams, it becomes more valuable. Right. If you're negotiating with two teams, it's valuable. If you're only negotiating with one team, you're trying to get everything you can out of that one and team. And that's basically... By pretending you've got more than one team after it. Right. Like, that, I think that's right. Yes. Uh, real I mean, quick that's here. what I believe. Doesn't mean I'm right. It's just what I believe. Real quick here on the Bears' defense. Uh, Abdallah handed me the DVOA update through week uh, 17 now. The Bears rank fifth in the NFL this season. You're going to wait defensive DVOA. Since week nine, the only defenses which have been better, Baltimore, Cleveland, and San Francisco. And I'll one-up that stat for you. Yep. All right. Since week nine... In terms of defensive EPA per play, Cleveland Browns, number one, a negative 0.162. The Chicago Bears, number two, negative 0.151. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Since week nine, good data sample. And I think the Bears it, are number two in defensive EPA per play. We worry so much about Justin Fields that we forgot how much this defense has improved. <coughs> yeah. Over that same time span, they're fourth in success rate on defense. Yeah, and it's gone from they can't rush the passer and they can't get to the quarterback. There's no pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. To we can't get any turnovers till that's all changed. We're scoring defensive touchdowns nowadays. Yeah, they're getting they're taking the ball away. Walt's in Bloomingdale on ESPN one thousand. Hey Walt. Hey guys, uh quick uh question for you guys, expert opinion on this. A uh, couple quick questions. So what is this cult like love affair with Justin Fields? in and out of the locker room, and will that impact 
uh, Ryan's uh, Ryan Poe's uh, decision. And then my second question is, if Ryan Poe's comes up with no quarterback, no winning quarterback, after two years of having the number one draft, will he ever work as a GM again? So that's my. Mm. Those are my questions. two good questions. Walt, thanks. I think the locker room loves Justin Fields. I, I think they do love him, and why? Because they go to battle with him every single week, and he's there, and he's much maligned. And he goes out, and he finds a way to produce, and he escapes from the unescapable, and he makes things happen for this team. That's why they love him. Why did Why did the Bears love Devin Hester? Couldn't play receiver for crap. Yeah. He tried him at defensive back. He couldn't play for crap. But he was great at what he did. He, did, he was great at what he did in a limited, a very limited amount of time he got a chance to touch the ball. He was great, but every single one of his teammates loved him. Why? Because they went to battle, and they were fighting for each other. That's why they love Justin Fields. They're out there trying to find a way to make it happen. And nobody roots against anybody when they're out there. They're all rooting for somebody. And if he starts to figure out what the hell's going on... Why wouldn't they be happy for Justin Fields? Of course they're happy for him. And nobody's been more maligned over the first three years. Well, Mitch Trubisky was. But nobody's been more maligned out of this group than has, than has Justin Fields. And I feel like he's, even with, you know, even with you saying that, I feel like Justin's quite loved, actually. More than most Bears quarterbacks have been. Certainly Cutler wasn't. Mitch wasn't. Mitch wasn't any good. Jay was good, never great, but didn't give a damn, really. And so yeah. people didn't like him. You know, Rex, nobody really, nobody ever, I think, even during uh, that great year, uh, I don't think anybody looked at Rex at least, and was like, yes, we have him. At like, least with Cutler and the team, you went to the NFC Championship I know. game. Yeah. But I don't think he was ever loved. I, I think, I think Fields, Justin's closer to that. I think Fields checks a couple boxes that go, because when Trubisky was drafted, People were on like right away, not excited. Uh, and then, but when Fields is drafted, it was a party after that. Now Cutler, yeah. everybody was excited, but Cutler, you know, the personality difference. I think he was what ultimately it could be something to that. Charlie, city in a lot of ways. Uh, that's just true. Fields has both of those. He has the personality and the draft pedigree. Chase on the South Side on ESPN One Thousand. Happy New Year, buddy. Hey, Happy New Year, Carmen. You're God. You guys doing good, brother? Doing good. It's great to talk to you guys again for another year. Absolutely. Uh, Always looking forward to talking to you fellas. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been, like, back and forth with this whole thing, you know, and, and it, it just seems like, for what it feels like, it, it feels like Poles is in a no-win situation. He's damned if he do, if he's damned if he don't. <laughs> because if he trades Fields and, you know, and he flexes like either Williams or May, and those guys turn out to be bust bums, and Fields turned out to be a superstar, people are going to be on him for that. And if he keeps Fields and Fields doesn't work out and Williams or whoever he doesn't take turns out to be great, he's going to be screwed in. <laughs> so I feel like he's just he's just in a no-win situation. I feel like no matter what he does, people he's going to be criticized no matter what. And it just – I just hope – I think as fans, I just kind of just sit back and kind of just to the point where I just want them to get it right. You know, whether you – trade fields, you keep them, you build around them, or you draft Williams. I just want to, I'm just tired of this whole debate thing on whether we got the guy or not. I just, for the first time ever, I want a quarterback where we all could just say, hey, he's the guy, no more of this debate thing. It just seems like we just do this year after year of, you know, do we got the guy? Is he not the guy? And it just seems like it's a diverse thing where we consistently having these debates. 
And I just finally, for the first time, want a quarterback we all can love and not have this back-and-forth thing with. Yeah, I think we all want that, Chase. You're right. Thanks for calling, buddy. We all want that. And you said it. You're, he's not going to be chased out of town if he gets it right. We can all have our opinions. They've got to make the decision. They have to do the evaluation. They have to get it right. And that's at the, the heart of this lengthy article that Courtney and Jeremy Fowler wrote on ESPN.com. I encourage you to read it. They write at one point from a, a rival NFC exec. I think we know what Justin Fields is at this point. A great athlete and playmaker who misses some throws. He shouldn't or doesn't always take the throw available to him. You can win some games with him, and he's got some elements to his game that are really impressive, but it's not sustainable long-term from a pocket-passing standpoint, in my opinion. Another executive later in the article would go on to talk about, yeah, you can maybe devise a scheme and win some games with Justin, but it might be a roller coaster from year to year. And this executive said something to the effect of, if you got to have him throw it 35, 40 times a game, week in and week out, you're not winning with Justin. The Taylor. team plays very specific. Plays the way the Titans play. And is that what is that what you want? Oh, I don't want to hear that, Yurko. I'm, I'm just letting Jesus. you know, right? Didn't they, they, Lord they, above. Well, didn't they? Derrick Henry was our horse. It's this guy, that guy. Only when they did have their 20-some point lead in an AFC championship game, was it? Or a uh, divisional playoff game against the, the Kansas City round, Chiefs, right? in, Chiefs in Kansas City? Yeah. They couldn't hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and gain a yard. They were stymied after that point. I don't know that Arthur Smith is going to stay in Atlanta. It seems like it'd be a miracle if he does. If he does, I think that's why people think Fields is a good option for him because he was the OC in Tennessee through all that. When it looked good in the regular season, I don't know, man. If that's the high, if that's the ceiling, and to me. As a, I, that is not good enough. I got you. I want to take me, some, it's not good enough. I want to take some phone calls when we come back. The better he plays, the better it is for Ryan Pulse. I hope he goes up there this week, throws for 275 yards, throws for three touchdowns. We've been saying then, that for a while. Okay? That's it. That's fine. And then whatever Ryan Pulse has got to do, he's got to do when it comes to it. I hope my best case scenario is they trade out of one. They trade Justin Fields. They've identified a quarterback, and they've got themselves some draft capital where they can make things happen for this football team. But odds are the guy that comes in here will not be as exciting as Justin Fields is. You're thinking of the Houston loss, by the way, not the Tennessee Which loss one? with the Kansas City game. They had a lead, but you're thinking of Houston is the one that choked away the huge lead, right? No. Are you sure? It was Houston against Buffalo, the, the, the huge 38-3 lead or 35-3, but that was when Sean Jones... Was playing for Houston. Wasn't it Houston? Because I thought Bill O'Brien was the coach. Houston, Houston blew a lead to Kansas City, and then Tennessee blew a lead to well, Kansas City. Well, Tennessee had a lead, but not like... But no, Houston, was up, Houston was up 24 to nothing. No, Whoa. not Tennessee. Who no, was? That Houston, was, was. Houston, Houston was. was. Yeah, right, that's what I'm Houston saying. was up 24 to nothing. Houston was. Yeah. There Tennessee you go. had a lead, but to but your it point... It wasn't that big? It wasn't that How big. How big was Tennessee's lead? I think it was 10. But to your point, that only took them so far. Right. And the minute Kansas City's offense started going, and they had to turn to Tannehill... They were screwed. Right. Anytime you turn to your quarterback and you've got to come from behind. And that's what's not good enough for me. you have to throw the ball. Yes. That hasn't been. It's been better, but it hasn't been good enough. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. We'll get uh, more of your Bears calls coming up here in just a few minutes. Ring us up at 312-332-3776. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. 
This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Justin Fields with a 106 quarterback rating from the 41 takes the snap. Pocket's starting to collapse. He has nowhere to go, but finds a way out. Runs right to the 40, 35, and he muscles through two to get a first down. And they're on their feet at Soldier. Third and seven pickup by QB1. Gets him 11 yards. And the Bears at 6.25 to go. Clock running. Our first down at 10 of the Atlanta 30-yard line. Jeff Joniak right here in your home for the Bears. It's Carmen and York. Happy New Year. We're back. I'll tell you this. Whatever you think of Justin, whatever I think, whatever anybody thinks, and what he can and can't do maybe, you know, is like a great passer, a great quarterback. I don't know that I've ever – I didn't see Fran Tarkin play. But I've seen Steve Young. I've, I've watched Lamar Jackson. Um – Randall Cunningham, you played against Randall. I mean, seen a lot of them over the years. I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback with the ability to escape quite like Justin. Honestly. I, I, don't, I, I don't know that I've ever seen some of the things he's done this last year and a half quite like him. Well, you also, He's dead to rights, right. and somehow it's a positive play. You also have to remember, they used to be able to kill quarterbacks back that's in the a, day. That's a great point. So I would offer that because guys are a little bit more tepid as they come in to get the quarterback, um, maybe it's a little bit more likely, but that's that, escape, that escape thing he did yesterday... Sunday. Well, well, yeah, Sunday was something to behold. What game was it that somebody escaped... Rolled out to the right, found a receiver, and it went for like a 97-yard touchdown. 95-yard touchdown. If it wasn't this past weekend, it was the weekend before. I don't know. Uh, it could have been Lamar Jackson on a free blitzer coming through. There's a free blitzer oh, coming through. Right. Was that the Oh, Zay no, it was Dak Prescott. Oh, it was Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah. He had C.D. Lamb. The C.D., yeah. He had C.D. Lamb. That guy's coming on a free blitz, and he got caught in, uh, how do I hit him? Hmm. How do I hit this guy? I, I don't necessarily know how to hit him. Prescott gets out and hits CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb goes for a gazillion-yard touchdown. What, a, year, what right? a weekend he had. Right? That guy's Scott free right? Yeah. What's he thinking? How I don't can't. I get fined? How don't I get a penalty? And what did he do? He whiffed on the whole damn thing. All right, you bring up a fair point. That's okay. a good counter. So fair point. Yeah. Tarkington was good. special. I never saw Tarkington play. Tarkington so. never wanted to run, though. His, his thing wasn't right. He just scrambled the throw. Mm. He never wanted to go gain positive yardage. He was just elusive in there, and then on a broken play, he'd find a way to make something happen. Yeah, I, I, when was Tarkin's last year? Year, but he uh, would uh, scramble. But oh, right. got to be seventy nine. Tarkin's last year was seventy eight. I'm born yeah. seventy six. I didn't right. see Fran Tarkin. So, I saw Tarkin. Yeah, you saw it. I didn't. I didn't see it. That was but. part of my thing, baby. That's pretty amazing. Him running all over the football did, did, field. Did you look at your phone? Did you see the text we got from our good yeah. friend Todd Furman? I saw that. So uh, Furman texted us a prop. These in Vegas. are the odds that are out there. <laughs> This was uh, 7 o'clock this morning out in Vegas. So he screenshotted this uh, 9 o'clock our time. What will the Bears do with the first overall pick? The favorite at even money trade the pick. The even money favorite trade the pick. Draft a quarterback is plus 125. So it's damn close. Yeah. And these odds could fluctuate as Vegas starts to get some handle on this. But the favorite right now is trade the pick, draft a quarterback... Plus one twenty five, draft a non offense you know, a, an offensive player that's not a quarterback is five to one, and draft a defensive player is six to one. That's a long shot, and those should be the longer shots on the board, I would seem like. Unless you think they're staying there to draft Marvin Harrison, which I, I can't see your 
I can't. I can't see them staying at one and drafting Marvin no, Harrison. No, I don't think so either. Now, you trade out of there, it means you're not getting Marvin Harrison. Just dep- dep- depends how far you go. Well, I guess if you trade him to Washington, you could. That's true. Like, what if you flop picks with Washington? You trade him to uh, Washington uh, one to two. Yeah, and then you draft Marvin at two. And the disparity between that is maybe you get the 36 pick. Hmm. Or you get but, your pick back at 41. So I guess that could, right. I guess that could happen. But my, I, I guess it could. I was immediately thinking if you're trading out of there, you're not getting Marvin. No, Marvin's you going could. in the top three picks. I mean, yeah. You go to Washington, you go to New England, where they're at right now. Right? Yeah, like, what if New England goes up with you? And then, the like, New England drafts a quarterback, Washington drafts a quarterback, then you're third, and you draft Marvin. So I guess you could do that. Right. So, I mean, yeah. there's scenarios. I can yeah. pay. You go to five, I don't think you're getting them. No, I don't think there's any chance. And I'm going to be honest. I don't think you're no. getting them at five. And I don't think they're staying at one to draft Marvin Harrison, as good yeah. as everybody thinks he's going to be. I don't. A wide receiver's never gone one overall. I, like, I just don't think that's happening. I mean, New England's not sticking with no way. Bailey Zappi and or no the guy they got. No. No. Yeah. You could, like, Belichick, you could trade with Belichick if he's yeah. still the guy doing it. Let's go to, let's see who's been waiting patiently. Trey is on the south side. What's up, Trey? Hey, how you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm just listening to you. Why we can't go to uh, Marvin Harris at number one? And uh, Because the first take... pick's got too much value because somebody wants to take a quarterback that high. Well, you know, the quarterback is not always for sure, though. You know, you can go back and... No player, no, player, no player Trey is always for sure. So you're right. And Keyshawn Johnson was the last, I think. Actually, Keyshawn might have been one. number one overall. I said he was. Right. Yeah, Keyshawn Keyshawn was. was the, the I think he's one. the only number one, right? Yeah, yeah I think okay, Keyshawn's the only then, number one. Okay, I'm gonna need to take that. Yeah, take that stand. Let's put some weapons around what we got. We know what we got with Justin. I know what I got. Some things went right, but I know what I can look for week in and week out. I don't know what Caleb Williams can give us. He might be a bust. Okay, then we're going to be sitting here talking about this for the next two years. The mother get rid of everybody again. My thing is get rid of, keep everybody together. Okay. You, you, you signed them, let that coach deal with his coaching, and let Fields fall where he's going to fall. You can get a quarterback in the second round. Who's to say you're not getting a good one? We all know. Oh, yeah. And the, what if you get him in the third round? You what if you get a quarterback in the second round and just be. As great as the one in the first round. Yeah, it's probably a little harder, uh, but I, it's not impossible. Thanks, Trey. Yeah, and I, I forgive my, I apologize. Yeah, Keyshawn was number one. Would you have been happy with Keyshawn? Like, if if you take Marvin one and you get Keyshawn's career, it's tough. I think if you look at Keyshawn's career, you'd find out that it was somewhat of a disappointment, which is amazing because you know he scored like he's here. not a he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. No. Keyshawn had 66 career touchdowns. It's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. How many years did he play? He played way too long. He was a Pro Bowler three times, Yerk. He had over 1,000 yards four times. He'd be pretty disappointed. He also, to his credit, or I should say to his defense. Look at the year he had no touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. No, look at the year he had no touchdowns. He had 100-some receptions. He didn't have any touchdowns. No, he had one. He had one. Okay. He had tw- 13, almost 1,300 yards, but he had one touchdown. One touchdown, right? I will say, like, in his defense, he never really played for a franchise, especially, like, in his prime, 
that had great quarterback play. Well, I mean, they had Vinny Testaverde when he was a rookie. Yeah, right? he had Vinny. So, I mean, Vinny was just would, would Vinny above have... average quarterback. I, I, I can be fair with Vinny. Above average would be the tops that you would put Vinny Testaverde at, right? So his rookie year was actually uh, Frank Reich, mostly. Believe it or not, York. And okay. Neil O'Donnell played a little that year. He would have had Vinny probably the late, the later on. It would have been 98. Yeah, it probably would have been 98. Yeah, 98 he would have had Vinny. Um, yeah, you're right. Vinny was there in 98. You're yeah. absolutely right. And they were both Pro Bowlers that year. And who do you have in Tampa? I don't even remember. Like Brad Johnson yeah. and that crew? Yeah, right? Super Bowl like, winning quarterback. But, you know. Uh, Sean King? In, in the uh, Joe Flacco mold. <laughs> Sean King. Brad Johnson, like he never really had great stable quarterback play. But you're right; if you're going to draft one overall, well, and the, you know, the reason you you couldn't draft a quarterback is you were busy drafting a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I can't see the Bears doing that. Yeah. I think, like you nailed it. There's just yeah. way too much I, value. I, I wouldn't do it, and you're going to move out of that spot if if you're not going to take a quarterback. Uh, let's go to Evan, who's in Wisconsin on ESPN 1000. Hey, Evan. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. So, I just want to weigh in on the debate and uh, kind of look at it this way. So, obviously, there's still some things we don't know about how good fields can be. We obviously don't know how good Caleb Williams or Drake May will be in the NFL. But some things we do know about fields is he looked beyond phenomenal, probably even better than, I, than any of us could have thought with DJ Moore when DJ Moore came over. D.J. Moore had a career year with yes. Fields and everything. Kemet's improved and everything. So why not take kind of the safer bet, especially since we can get an absolute haul for number one and give Fields, whether it's Marvin Harrison, uh, Malik Neighbors, Odunze. Love and, Odunze. Uh, yeah, and, or, and a competent center who can actually snap him the ball consistently <laughs> and block a little bit better. Uh, why not give him those things and then really see if, you know, we can really blow the roof off on this thing or, you know, whatever whatever saying you want to go with. But uh, do, you guys, do you guys see where I'm going with this? Yeah, of course. Yes, Evan. I mean, I think uh, it doesn't just have to be Marvin, right? Like I told you last week, how good did Roma Dunze look again? I love Adunze. I think yeah. he's terrific. Yeah, no, he's a good receiver. I think he's got speed. He's got size. I, I think mean, they've got eight graded in the first round. Remember they had the run last year? They had four straight receivers taken last year. Geez. It went from like 19 to 21 or from 21 to 24. It was four straight receivers taken in last year's draft. Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that kind of run can happen on teams that are looking for receivers. And they're usually those teams that are up by, you know, in the playoffs and we're missing a receiver. We're missing right. a guy. And that's most of those good teams that were eliminated in the playoffs at that point. Right. That's what you'll find 21 through 22, 3, 4. I think there were four straight taken. They had a run of receivers. It was a little bit goofy last year. You might be right. But it was hot and heavy on receivers last year. They but got a lot of guys with first-round yeah, grades, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you there's Neighbors, a lot of guys. Neighbors, So here's what you do, and any team will do it. They'll Xavier look Worthy. at it, see who they like and what they like in their receiving position, and then they'll bring it in. They'll, they'll bring them back. Darnell Mooney was a 1,000-yard receiver. He He's nothing now. Mm. He needs a change of address, and it's okay. Sometimes you need a change of address to make things happen for you. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. 
Jersey Packers, your end the year. Depending on what, I mean, they made it easy. I, at, at Halloween, I thought the Packer bet was dead. I had Packers over seven and a half wins. I'm like, no chance. There, there, there were two. There were two that I felt great about. Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half. Texas Longhorns over nine and a half. Didn't sweat them at all. I had an Indiana bet, uh, Indiana University under bet too. Didn't sweat those, right? The under bet came in for you? Didn't sweat them. Those three, I'm like, good. Not a problem. Going to be in good shape here. The two I thought I lost. This is Halloween. I'm like, they're, they're toast. Over seven and a half wins for the Packers. That hit thanks to their win in Minneapolis on Sunday night. And under 11 and a half wins on the Eagles. Now, I still think I'm toast. I think they're going to beat the Giants. But I can't believe it's week 18, and I have a chance to win that bet. How about that? If you would have, at Halloween, no chance. So the Packers, if you had the over ticket, and we gave that out on the odds couple. We talked about it when me, Black, and Abdallah were, uh, were uh, doing... Uh, You're doing cat, We're doing gambling yeah. over, uh, you know, at... Uh, football Fest. Football Carm. Fest and stuff like that. Football Fest, third week of August, um, Hard Rock Casino, Northwest Indiana. We were talking about it. As much as we hate it, the smart play was probably Packers over and didn't look good two months ago, but that hit. And now the Bears can hit their over, which is beautiful. They beat the Packers. Got my win. Dalek can win his bet, How his future that? bet on the Bears over seven and a half. It's beautiful. The way it worked out. Nice job. I love it. I'm that guy on the casino floor, floor pulling up all the uh, the unused tickets or the the crumpled up tickets, looking right. for mine, being like, "This yeah. might hit." It's gonna, yeah, but see that yeah, that might hit now at the racetrack. It, you're the guy picking up all the stuff on the floor at the racetrack, yeah. hoping somebody dropped a winner. And that's another one at Halloween. Abdallah sitting on his bears over seven and a half, going back. No chance. Yeah. And there's a chance, Yerk. There is a chance. The bears are an underdog going into Green Bay. How much? Uh, Green Bay is still not eliminated, by the way. You do know that. The Bears What's are a three-point dog. Three-point dog? Bears are a three-point dog. Bears are a live dog, kid. You think they're a live dog? Post-game show. 6.30. I'll be on. Remember. Yeah, I know you will be on. It's a late kick. It's a 3.25 kick. 6.30, 8.30. Celebrate the Bears' victory in the 8-9 season. Remember, York, the Packers could have clinched a playoff spot with a win yeah. at home against a division and, opponent in the Lions and last Detroit year. And they kicked failed. their ass. Detroit kicked their ass. Green Bay is currently seventh, not eliminated yet. Green Bay's eight and eight. Seattle's eight and eight. New Orleans is eight and eight. And Minnesota is seven and nine. Those four teams are still alive. What happened? For the playoffs. Tampa isn't locked in yet either. I know. After the choke job at yes. home. So Tampa, Green Bay, Seattle. New Orleans and the Vikings all go into Week 18 with a chance. They got a chance. The Rams They're in the won hunt. and got a little help and already locked themselves into a wild card. And in the AFC for Week 18, Jacksonville has not clinched yet. The Bills have not clinched yet. They're in the playoffs, but they haven't clinched yet. Indy's the seventh seed, but hasn't clinched. And then the Texans and Steelers are both 9-7 and seven with a chance. So there are nine total teams. Well, there are... Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, there are four. No, there's five. I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five teams in the AFC and, that can still Has Tomlin clinched himself a winning year? Yes. They're nine and seven. Another winning year? Yes. And they are crying and complaining over there. And you know how crappy his quarterback situation was. Even in Roethlisberger's last year, you know how crappy it was. Very. Because Ben was not Ben Roethlisberger of old. No, he probably hung on with season two. Yes. Long. I agree with Yes. That. And cash the checks when you can get them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he was doing. Let's go to, uh, I 
Who do you like? Matt is in Streamwood. Matt's been waiting a while. All What's up, Matt? Streamwood? Hey, Carmen. Hey, Yurko. Thanks for taking my phone calls, and happy holidays to both of you. you Thanks too. for all that you do. Happy New Year. May I ask you, Yurko, two questions. The first one, may I ask you, during the game, how did Arizona get their timeout back seven plays later? After, you know, I know the line official went down, and then all of a sudden the refs just went on there and said, Arizona gets their timeout back. Atlanta, Atlanta got their – Well, you mean Atlanta? Atlanta got I'm sorry, their timeout back. I'm sorry, Atlanta. Because yeah, it was I'm on the challenge, talking. Matt. They screwed up with the – The referee they, screwed up. They won the challenge. They won the challenge. It was the – not the line to gain that was the challenge. It was where the spot was. They moved the ball okay. back, so that meant they won it. The referees in their, 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 their rancid – uh, abilities or lack thereof. That's why, man. Screwed that up. They screwed it up. I mean, so they well, did. Uh, so they did. They just announced it wrong. They thought that they they the bears, when, when they said they thought right. he stepped out right, and they, but the they, they bears basically, the bears had the line to gain. So when they remarked the ball, the bears still had the line to gain, which gave them a first down. But Atlanta did win the challenge because it came back from five yards. The ball moves back, back to where it was, and they yeah. still called it a first down. That's so. why. That's why, Matt. Yeah. Right, thanks, guys. That's why they announced it five minutes later because the referees are not having a good day. No. And I got a buddy who's a basketball official. I had two buddies that are basketball officials, right? You remember Donnie Hakes. Donnie Hakes was my old uh, field judge or back judge buddy, number 96, worked with Jerry Mark Bright and his crew. I love officials. I've got no problems with officials, I, except when they screw up and they stink. I have to point it out, and it's okay. More on that in a minute. What was your other question, Matt? Hey, Carm, regarding that, Yurko, I know you've talked to me before about this in the past couple months. Like I tell you before, that center position, it's just such a dire need, and I know you want that yep. three technique, but I know if that Bears are picking in the 10s and the teens, can they please get a solid center, and they might need a backup too as well because that position is just such a dire need, and that I- offense Every time Justin is jumping high and it just takes him off the mark, he's already struggling with his, you know, his progressions. It just doesn't need a high snap each and every time. Yep, Matt, well, I, I do believe center is a uh, one of the priorities for this team, which is why if they trade down, they can get themselves a second round draft choice. I believe. So there's nothing wrong with that and recoup you know what, what they lost in the right exactly the sweat deal. A hundred percent correct. You get a center in the second round. Nobody's got a first round grade this year in the centers. No. If you looked up centers on whatever you look them up on, you'll find that not really anybody has a first-round grade. you got some solid second-round players, and that's fine. You can find a guy in the second round to play good, solid center for you. What was Olin Krutz? Third-round Olin pick. was a third-rounder? What was yeah. Casey Wegeman? I don't remember. Six-round six round pick. Yeah, Six-round pick. Time. Played a long time for the Kansas City Chiefs. Played a long time. The point is you can find plenty of centers in the second and third round, so that's what the Bears are going to have to go do. On officiating, uh, this was the ultimate from Saturday night, uh, of course. I think most people are aware at this point. Dan Skipper, an extra offensive lineman, comes in. Play action. End zone. There it is! Unbelievable! The two-point try is good. And it's Taylor Decker, part of the old guard that was saluted after the win last week. And the Lions are up by one. What else could it be? And the Lions-Cowboys has been discussed and was discussed all weekend. And Yurko talks about the officiating. and It's... That guy's the worst. Brad Allen's crew. Adam Schefter reported Sunday that Number they're probably going to get downgraded to the Boy. point where they're not going to be officiating in the playoffs. Like f- People from his crew will probably not be assigned a playoff game. Yeah. 
because I think they've had issues all year. Yeah. There was a lot of confusion there. Where's Croonley? I think Detroit, in all of its attempted subterfuge, like, outthought themselves a little. I really do. I think they made it more confusing than they probably had to with, like, three guys going up to the officials. It sure, and Yurko made the point. It sure seemed like 68 was standing there looking at the official saying, I'm an eligible player. And then, then Brad Allen responding to him. And so for them to screw it up is just another indictment of, I think, how poor the officiating has been all year in the NFL. I don't know what they're supposed to do about it. I don't know if it's because they're, I don't think it's because they're part time. I mean, like, no, it's because there's too much ambiguity in the rules. It's not concrete anymore. Yeah, holding is holding if. Interference is holding. Uh, interference is interference if. Defensive holding isn't defensive holding if. There should be no caveats. Okay? Either it's a penalty or it's not a penalty. Yeah. Period. And, and again, maybe Detroit got a little too cute in trying to disguise what they were doing or they were hoping that the, like, that it would confuse the Cowboys and that the crowd would be so loud that they wouldn't hear which players are being deemed eligible players. You know, for Dan Campbell after the game to be like, I told the officials pregame, really? Come on. You told the officials four right. hours ago? Right. Now, they, these officials can't get it right anyway. Exactly. I mean, I can. I, an official can understand if before the game you say, hey, we're going to defer. Because it happens like maybe six minutes later after you told them you wanted to defer. Okay. So they save uh, Jair Alexander, Alexander from himself. Right. And they suspended him for a game because he wasn't supposed to be out there anyway. Right. Maybe the coach forgot I was from Carolina. Uh, maybe the coach doesn't give a rat's ass that you're from Carolina. How about that? That'd be my guess. And he named who he wanted to name to be his captains for that day. My what do you think about that, Jair? Yeah, that'd be I think guess. that's the way it kind of worked. Yeah. He don't care that you're from Carolina. Amazing. But, yeah, I don't expect Amazing. the officials, especially Brad Allen's crew, at the way it's gone, to, to remember something from four hours earlier? That's crazy. And, and then I love Dan Campbell, man, and I love the aggressiveness. It was a little odd when he decided not to just kick. Now, they got a penalty anyway and got a, a, another crack at yeah, it. Yeah, they got another crack at it. Because Michael Parsons was offside. Uh, but at some point. But, like, just kick the extra point at some point, point. Kick the extra point and live the fight another day. As someone on the Dallas Cowboys minus five and a half, Yerk, that last drive kind of broke my heart a little, and I was hoping for overtime because I'm like, well, maybe they get yeah. a touchdown and yeah. they cover. Yeah. So I didn't like the way best that play? game ended anyway. Best play with it, Mikey? It was my best One play. One of your best plays? Luckily, our, our strong leans, both of us had a strong lean on Washington plus four. So uh, Washington Huskies, not the pros. Washington plus four was obviously a winner. They won outright. So our lean at least hit. But yeah, my well, best play was, was Dallas Bama, What was Bama-Michigan? It was a one and a half. Michigan was a one and a half point favorite. So they covered. Yes, Yes, indeed. Yes, Portnoy won a million bucks. Damn. God, he put the, a million on it. The rich get Michigan. richer. God bless him. million bucks. El I wish I could make a bet like that. We'll be right back. Ugh. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Game on the line. Williams in motion, low step, Melrose stopped, Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. I hate to play that for our friend Adam Abdallah. I had no wager, no investment whatsoever in that game. I was just hoping for a good game and we got one. 
couple takeaways real quick. First of all, the the Alabama offensive line has been an issue all year, right, Adam? All year. All year. All year. A um, couple other things. Jalen Milrow's fun. I mean, he is. He's an exciting, yeah. dynamic player. Yeah. I, I almost – has he ever been able to look at a defense and maybe diagnose a blitz is coming? Well, look, uh, ever? Carm, let me, let me paint you this picture, okay? Stop me if you've heard this. Has he ever seen a blitz? Stop me if you've heard this story before, Okay. A center has issues with the snap. The quarterback holds the ball too long and is taking sacks. The defense plays really well except for the final four minutes of a football game. And the coordinator draws up a horrible play call at the end of the game to cost them the game. Stop me. Let me know where you've heard that story before. Maybe the Chicago Bears? It's Maybe? Ridiculous. It's like the a fa- carbon the, copy the for Abdallah. Well, it's not an original. Playoff and one wasn't. Yeah. But, like, Milrow has been very good the last few weeks of the season. And the offensive line only allowed one sack in the last five games they played really well but everything that happened in the beginning of the season the reason i was down on this team in the beginning of the season happened in that game and you saw a defense with some teeth get creative and bring a lot of pressure and alabama just did quite frankly a very poor job of handling it i'll give harbaugh some credit and and i don't always think harbaugh's as great as waddle and sylvie make him out to be as as a coach i think there's a lot to like about him especially at the college level more at the college level than the pro level i thought harbaugh and his staff coached a very good game. I thought their game plan was good. I thought they coached a good game. I know the offense kind of sputtered there in the second half. But I think what they did was mostly good, especially on defense. And I thought it was a pretty ballsy decision. It was a good play call when they picked up the fourth down to, you know, before they tied the game. On, that, on a drive in which they could have easily punted with their timeouts. I thought Harbaugh coached a very good game. So I'll give him credit. You're finally giving him some credit. I thought it was well done. I thought he and his staff put a good game plan together, and I thought they coached a good game. And now it is Michigan and Washington, which should be an excellent final. Who do you think ends up top there? I'll just tell you this. Kalen DeBoer, as a underdog, as a head coach in the, and at, at the college level, two years at Fresno and now two years at Washington, uh, try 8-1 and one as a dog against the spread. And a bunch of those games have been won outright. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What's the outright one? I'll double-check. I don't want to get it wrong. Who's got the better talent overall? Washington's got the better offensive talent, and Michigan's got the better defense. Clearly, oh, it'll be interesting. Clearly, then. has the better defense. But it looks can um, can Washington's defense stop it? I don't know. That's that's a great question. And is the Michigan offense good enough to maybe rack up points where the Michigan defense could stop them on a handful of drives? I'll tell you this: Michigan's defense will be in tougher than they were this last time against Penix and that duo of receivers, Polk and Adunze. You've heard me talk about Adunze. Yep. You're, those two have like 2,600 yards and 23 touchdowns this year. And McMillan was that, that, hurt and, and McMillan missed also a, amazing. And McMillan missed a lot of the year. That tandem is about as good as you're going to get in the country. And that'll, that'll be a good challenge for Michigan. Let's go to, let's see here. You're Jim's in Wheaton on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, guys. Uh, give me 20 seconds to rant. Uh, my wife and kids are out of town, uh, and I can yell. Um, <laughs> Justin Fields is one of the most electrifying talents I've ever seen in the NFL. He makes plays that no one else can make. You don't give up on this dude. Uh, he has, since he came into the league, uh, how many receivers uh, has he had that, that are over uh, six feet tall? Like Darnell Mooney was his like number one receiver for two years, and he's like five four. Uh, uh, you got DJ Moore. He had EQ is, last year. I mean. I, I, DJ Moore is one of my favorite players. Uh, he is so tough, and he is 5'11". Let's be honest. Uh, 
You got, you got Cole Komet, awesome, great. Get this guy some talent around him, and he will win. Like you got like. Uh, Are you how, saying how many, DJ many, Moore's not a talent? He said more talent. He didn't say no, that. No, 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 says, no, no. Get I'm, more I'm, talent. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying DJ Moore is an amazing talent. Okay. okay. I'm saying get get him uh, a receiver talent. who's over six foot tall. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, you you if you if you if you go back and you take uh, the number one pick and draft Caleb Williams, who is six feet maybe, mm-hmm. who can't see over the line, you are setting yourself back three years, and then we're back into the Cutler Erlacher situation. Where it's like, oh, we, we have we have a, a good offense uh, and a bad defense because they're aging out of it. Uh, so like, if, by by the time the Caleb Williams is good in the NFL, you're going to have an uh, a defense which is great right now. Going to be you're going to have to pay those guys or trade them or they're going to leave via free agency. Uh, it's it's like just purgatory. Huh? Justin Fields, you can win with. If okay. Nick Foles won a quarterback or uh, a uh, uh, Super Bowl, you can win with. Yeah, Justin but Fields. we want better than Nick Foles, don't we? Justin Fields is a thousand percent better than Nick Foles. What I'm saying is, like, he, he is like an electric. He's like Barry. He's like a Barry Sanders of uh, of, of quarterbacks. You, you, it, it's like Mike March and um, uh, Greg Olson. It's like, oh, my offense can't like have a a, a pass catching uh, tight, tight end. end. Yeah, we well, need maybe, blocking tight end. Maybe ends. your offense sucks, Jamie. We got to run because Waddle and Sylvie are coming up. But thanks, buddy. Everybody, if we didn't get to you. You know, you can hang on. Waddle and Sylvie will be taking a bunch of calls. We'll be back tomorrow for a bunch of Bears calls. Uh, Yurko's got the final word. We're back in two minutes with crosstalk. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? you had to. Today's final word, word on Carmen and Yuriko. No, somebody was out there and said, <laughs> well, of course I could get an interception if I wanted to. I just don't want to. They got rid of that, that mindset. Make any sense. They got rid of that mindset. And what did they start doing? They started winning ball games, Carm.